cracked. Ben Simmons. Double cracked. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to a Steamers podcast. It's your boy, Geared. And this is going to be Steamers Geared's NBA Draft Special, baby. We're back. Three months ago today, we did the NFL Draft. And here we are. The NBA Draft. Well, shit. Man, it's been a while. Three months is fast, though. That I mean, I actually looked at that today, and I was like, "Wow, it's 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 been a minute." Definitely been a lot of things have happened. You know, Sixers broke our hearts. Eagles had their draft. That's what I'm going to break down today. I'm going to go into more of recapping the Eagles offseason, what to expect, and then we're going to get into what I haven't, what I should have done a while ago, but I decided to wait. Let all the pieces fall where they may. And now we're on the eve of the draft and everything's about to change. Let's get let's stay general for a little bit. Uh Geared's on Gear tried to go on a cleanse. That just didn't last long. I don't know if people like how many people try to do that, but you're even at twenty five, I would think my body wouldn't need to yet. But damn, I needed to. I mean, it was just like losing sleep couldn't sleep then night like just sweats and just the body was just taking its toll so you know what Garrett decided to do Garrett decided to become a greed take a step back and just you know you know recharge the old engines you know get the systems back up to running but then again you know I usually have pretty bad luck when it comes to like you know, free shit. I don't know. Like, it, it just doesn't really happen. But, and it might have been, I just picked like the worst weekend to go on a cleanse. But all of a sudden, you know, I just started getting free. Oh, here's a, here's a free $50 bet. And I even said I wasn't going to gamble at all. And you know, all of a sudden, you just get a free $50 bet. And I'm like, all right, well, how am I not, how am I not supposed to, what am, what am I supposed to do here? You know, you're just kind of like handing this to me and I have to use it. And, you know, like, DraftKings is almost becoming like an influence, you know? Like, you're an enabler, and you're just trying to get me to get off the cleanse. But did that make Garrett cave? Yes. I think it, it doesn't even help. You know, I, then I was like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink at all. And you're like, oh, Garrett, you just cracked two beers. Yeah, okay, I gave myself like a, almost a week. I almost made a week. But, you know, it... it Everything changes. Some days you feel good, some days you don't. But then, you know what? When you feel good, you crack open a nice moose head. Someone yells out Ben Simmons. You crack open a Bud Light and you drink through it. But, yeah. I mean, back to where I'm getting free stuff. You know, I think I can make it a weekend and just not have any influences. But show up to a golf course, play with my brother, you know, late afternoon. And, you know, he just doesn't, he just looks at me like, what the hell are you doing? And then he cracks a Bud Light and puts it in front of me and just says, you're going to drink this. You're on a golf course. Like, this is where you do this. And I was like, yeah, I know this is where you do it, but I didn't want to, but shit. You know, and that, and then that's that. Like, you can't, how, how do you say no to that? Sun's out. You're, you're swinging. Wasn't swinging well, but 
I, it's just like, you know. And then, of course, it turns out I'm not trying to drink a lot. Gets to Saturday, and turns out it's National Tequila Day. Tequila. Wow. <laughs> Great drink. And what happens? All right. I show up. Show up to a bar. They got a vendor just giving out shirts. I'm literally wearing the shirt right now. That's pretty sick. Casadores sponsored me, maybe. Um, and they're giving out free shots. So I was like, you know, what do you want me to do here? Okay, like this doesn't. I don't walk in here on a Saturday and get a free shot and a shirt and all that jazz. I usually just have to get seated and spend like fifty bucks. No, no, no. It's the opposite. I was supposed to be on a cleanse, and I'm now I'm getting free shit. It's like, it's, it's like, I feel like it's just a message to me. Like, it's like, if you try to do it, it's just not going to happen. So just don't even try. Or maybe I do keep trying and it, I keep failing and I keep getting stuff thrown my way. I'll take that. Can't complain that way. It's just nuts, man. The world, the world's nuts. It feels good to be able to go back out and stuff, but I mean, damn. Garrett, Garrett went through it. July, we're thankful it's over. August is a new month. Shout out my brother Nick. Alright, we do talk sports here. You know, I know I'm not doing the, the weekly podcast when I was doing three a week, but you know, I got people tuning in right now that want to hear the draft special and the you know how the Eagles are doing. Cause honestly, I think the Eagles are the more pressing thing. I know the Sixers have a lot of news, but the Eagles are literally starting training camp as I'm talking, and they're going to be, you know, the big storyline this year. They're huge underdogs for the NFC East, and obviously the way we left off, I did the, you know, the mock draft and what I felt the, the Eagles should do, and, you know, let's just go out first and say, Howie, God damn right. I was... I wanted Parsons, and I made that clear, but he took the guy he wanted. Everyone is okay with I don't think anyone didn't say they didn't want Devontae Smith, and he looks great, and I think that this is just going to make it, us a better team. Rager's probably not. He didn't hit on, well, we don't can't really say that yet, but Rager wasn't what we wanted him to be, year one, compared to the guy we could have had. So now you get a guy that's supposed to step it up, and... If there's some QBs out there, if Hurts doesn't pan out next year, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> you know, you now he has a little weapon that might be some intrigue. But let's go back to overall, I think Howie did well in that draft. I liked him taking Dickerson, too, and, you know, bulking up the offensive line. This is probably the most depth we've had in our offensive line. So when he drafted you know, Smith, that was a position of need. We really needed that best talent in college football last year. Then you look at, you get Dickerson. I mean, our offensive line was literally changing gloves in the middle of plays last year because they were practice squad guys. It's a, just a difference. Like, we're going to have so We have like eight or nine guys that are viable starters between your starting five of Mylata, Sumalu, Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane. And then you go to Dickerson, Dillard, like... A lot of these guys have already getting reps, and they have a lot of talent. So you, if someone goes down, which typically you can expect within a set now seventeen game season, we have depth. We're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna hit the practice squad. Hopefully not. So 
I think I think Howie had a very good draft, and even though Parsons went to the Cowboys and that was the guy that I really wanted, and it's gonna suck to watch against, you know, go against him twice a year. I mean, he filled he filled out the roster, and if Hertz wasn't, you know, only four games in, I think the expectation for us would be the NFC, the NFC East definitely, and potentially in the. I mean, if you go top to bottom roster, this should be contending. In the NFC, no doubt. This should be a top four team in the NFC. Offensive line, when healthy, I think we have three of the best, you know, between Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane. I don't think you can find a better combo out there if when, when all three are on the field. So, you put that, two solid tight ends, pretty decent running back room, and now you have two young wide receivers. You're hoping, you know, that's, that's an offense that should be contending. And our defense... I think he did well for what we got rid of and what we turned it into. I still think we're weak at linebacker, but I mean your corners with Slay and Nelson now. I mean that's not a bad that's not a bad two. Anthony Harris wasn't a bad pickup, and McLeod's still there. I mean, I still think their their deep secondary is gonna be a problem, but definitely are one of our better drafts. I'm I'm at least saying that compared to any other draft he's had in the last like eight years. That was probably his most successful. And I, I could probably say that knowing they haven't played it down yet because I just think that the guys he take or he took were just more short fire than anything. Like usually we just had uncertainty going into seasons because we didn't know what these guys were going to be. And it sucks because now I have a jersey curse that I don't know if other people encounter this, but like did anyone else just go through their closet this past year and be like, shit. Like, I had a Carson Wentz jersey. I have a Ben Simmons jersey. The only Phillies jersey I have is Doc Holliday. And I want to get a new one, but I also don't... I would get a Harper because I think it's the safest jersey to get. But I don't want something... Like, I'm just in this... Something bad might happen. So I'm not getting any jerseys temporarily. I might get someone that I hate and just say, you know, bring me something else and hope that that's what we're getting. Because with the Eagles getting where it went, and then they have, you know, I was I was kind of sold on Wentz, and now I got to get sold on Hurts. Which, leading to my next topic of discussion, would I get a Jalen Hurts jersey? No. But I will say, if we're going to talk about Hurts right now, I want to say that I think he deserves a chance. Bottom line, with Jalen Hurts coming in, he got four games last year. He contended in all the games he played, especially against Arizona. He was up and down against Dallas. Washington remained to be seen for a second half. He had two rushing touchdowns. I think he's pro- he didn't pass well, but they have a good front four where I think they're going to get to him, but his mobility might help him, and I think a healthy offensive line might give us a better edge. But still, I think Hurts deserves a chance, and I think you don't risk giving him up or giving up these three first potential first round picks next year because let's say let's say that because the only the only option we're having is Watson. Okay, let's go out and say let's start with Deshaun Watson. I'm not making that. I don't know if I'm making that deal right now. What if Hurts goes out in the first five games? Everyone's expectations we're gonna go like one and four. What if he goes like three and two? Winning winning football. What if our team if our team's healthy and you see that he's contending in games, he's just losing. Maybe he doesn't have the experience. 
You know, he's mobile. I don't think he makes terrible decisions. I think that he could be more accurate, but... You know, he's got these quick route guys with Rager and and Smith that you're going to see that they're not going to run long plays. It's kind of going to be like these designed plays, I think, to them. And then the offense is just going to move. I think we're going to run the ball a lot better this year. So I think you give Hurts his chance. I don't think you make this, you know, the rumored deal for Watson where you're giving up the, the first-round picks and Hurts. Although I do believe, like, Watson is talent-wise, talent-wise, like the number two guy... I would start a franchise behind behind Mahomes. You know, Watson has that talent, but I'm not taking on all these off-the-field issues, not knowing if he would play, giving up three first-round picks that, hey, can be a big, you know, influence. If Hurts didn't pan out, that we can say next year, this is like a selling point to a quarterback, like an Aaron Rodgers. Now that Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm not going to be in Green Bay next year, you say, dude, let's do what you did with Tom Brady in Tampa. Come here, we have three first-round picks. We'll go get you a player that you want, or we'll go draft you what you want. We have a very good offensive line that if we keep them on the field, they're going to be good. We have depth. We got a nice running back. We got two tight ends. If we still have Ertz next year, I don't know. And we have two young receivers that are for first-round picks that can be you could turn them into studs. So I think you just roll with Hurts right now. You see, and then if he doesn't pan out, like I said, you go you go next year and you, you utilize what you got. Maybe it attracts a nice free agent, or maybe you make that trade. I just don't think you go and do it right now. I think you have to give him his chance. It's just going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, it really is because it he he did things last year that you were like, holy shit, I, this might actually work. And if it does work, you're paying him as a second rounder, not as a max quarterback, which we just got rid of, and who's still we're paying this year to go suck on the Colts. So I'm I'm in the realm where let, let's give Hurts his chance. And who knows? What if what if he's contending for the division and then how he decides, you know what, we're missing this piece, and he uses those picks in the middle of the season to go get a piece. You never know. I don't think the I think this division is going to be in Washington's hands, and I think that Fitzmagic's beatable, but their defense is why they're going to be in it. They have and they have a good skilled offense with Gibson, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. The Cowboys are going to be good offensively, but you know, I again, a lot of new coaching, a lot of different players being thrown in. Dak's coming off a bad injury. I just, I'm not buying it, man. I'm just not buying it. They're really talented. I just don't think it's going to piece together. Not for the not for that 13 or 14 win team. I think Washington's going to get to double digit wins, maybe like 10, and that's going to be good enough. Because I think I think we're all just really in that middle realm where no no one's above the other. I just think that Washington's got the best defense, and it's going to show for it. So. I mean, it's I'm I'm ready, man. I'm ready for football season. It's it's the best time of the year. It really is. I love I love basketball, and I've grew up and I bleed basketball. But there's nothing better than football on a Sunday. You can't you can't tell me otherwise. Give Hurts his chance, Nick. That's for you. I ain't getting his jersey though, unless I unless he starts sucking. Maybe I'll get his jersey until we get rid of him. That's a joke. All right. 
Alright, I cracked two beers for a reason. Let me finish one. Alright. Not nearly enough, but... Here come the Sixers. And here comes Geared. Because... We haven't talked about it. It I haven't I haven't I haven't wanted to talk about it. It was it still hurts to think about this. Let's just start. Let's recap the end of the season because it was awful. And there's a lot of problems. And it needs to be clear what the problems are and not just saying it's Simmons' fault because there's more than that. So first off, I think the most non-talked about thing is Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is getting paid the most money over Embiid and Simmons. And he was not there that game seven. And the game five, he I think he only had like seven points. So he's getting paid to, to score. He's he's your biggest guy on your payroll getting paid to score. Who was borderline all star because he was averaging 20 points a game. And he had, what, Kevin Herter on him? Or Gallinari? Or who did he even have on him? Again, he, di- he didn't play well at all. And I'm, I'm going to get into Simmons, but you, there's, there's so many factors. There's Tobias, there's Doc, there's Simmons. And then I think the rotation, which kind of still falls on the Doc. It, it just, it was painful. So my first problem, and it's it doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. We're going to be riding Tobias again, which is fine by me. It's just, he has a lot to blame. And even if we did make it past the Hawks, if Tobias played that series against, that way against the Bucks or, um, you know, get into the Eastern Conference Finals and you go up against the Bucks like that, we would have got smacked around. You know, I mean, it, it would have been bad. Because the Bucks were a defensive team, and the Hawks were not. The Hawks were a shootout team. They were someone that wanted to go basket for basket. You know, they did in the regular season with the Nets. They did it. They they got chippy with the the Knicks, and then they wanted to go toe to toe with us. They could shoot. So, all right, let's go to Doc. So first problem with Doc was, uh. He was running a very similar offense to Brett Brown, which doesn't make sense to me. I watched for years Brett Brown have Simmons be the point guard, bring the ball up, hand it to Joel Embiid on the three-point line, and that started the offense. If you didn't, if you watched that series, they did, the Hawks did one thing. Trey Young brought the ball up. They brought Capella or John Collins up for a screen. They saw Trey Young made one of two decisions. He said, All right, if they switch, I'm going to ISO the guy that's going to switch to me and I'm going to drive past him. Or if they don't switch, I'm going to take the screen, go in the lane, I'm going to hit the roller, or I'm going to hit a floater. And he penetrated, which that's what a point guard's supposed to do. The ball doesn't touch the lane, you ain't, you ain't going to have an offense. So when our best two assets are playing fucking hopscotch on the three-point line with the basketball or hot potato and they're just like here you want to do something or no you do something no it Trayon said I'm gonna take the ball and I'm gonna do something with it and then it it freed up they put Herter and um Gallinari out there and these guys are hitting shots that's all they did they went out they were like 
here, just go out there and be ready to catch and shoot. And that's what they did. And then John Collins and, and Capella, they were like, just be ready to rebound or catch a pass and put it in. They weren't going to ISO. They didn't ISO Clint Capella at all. They didn't ISO. They, maybe a couple times when Trey Young was out, did they say, John Collins, go try to make a basket. But it was the same shit. So defensively, we never went underneath the screen to say, hey, Trey Young, you know what? You're a pretty good shooter, but we don't think. We don't want you to shoot a contested three versus getting into the lane. Because they got into the lane and it killed us. And it, it should have been evident from game one that an adjustment had to be made. Because when you got shocked on your home floor of game one, I would have said, everyone go underneath. No one switch. We're not gonna we're just gonna make him pull up. Make him sh- is Trey Young gonna hit seven of ten from the three point line with a with a hand in his face if Ben Simmons goes under the screen or Matisse Thibault goes under the screen? No, he's not. He I'll give him he'll hit four out of ten and their their energy plays will give you that when they're when they're hitting long threes. But he's not Steph. He's not Lillard. Like the, that those are guys I wouldn't do that to. But Trey Young is a good shooter. He's just not a great shooter. So you make him shoot that shot. I would rather him shoot a long three with a hand reaching up to try to contest versus him taking the lane or versus a herder wide open three. Because that, that's what happened the entire series. And we never, we, Doc never adjusted to that. So that got on my nerves because I, it was that simple adjustment that you make. And I don't think Doc ever chose to make. I think Doc's point of view for that series was very similar to why he lost his job in the Clippers is because he viewed his team as more talented and that he thought if he just put his team that the way they played all season out there, that that was going to be enough. That Embiid Simmons and Tobias is enough alone to just go out and beat the Atlanta Hawks. Which, in a right state of mind, yes, but you still need to make the adjustments. So, freaking idiot just did the same shit and... We lost the Atlanta Hawks. But he's not you can't fully blame him because he named his point guard a guy who's supposed to facilitate and refuses to take the ball in the paint and try to score. So no one is a he's not a threat. He took he I don't know how this it, it see people like sit there and they point to Ben Simmons, they go, dude, you gotta do this. He's the he has coaches around him every day. He's got people around him every day. You can draw up a play and say, "Ben, here's a pick. I want you to go in and I want you to drive and if you don't see the if you don't see the lane, then drive it to the paint and kick it. If you don't drive it to the paint, you ain't doing shit. You got size, athleticism, speed like I don't understand why the ball was never in his hands to go into the paint. Why, why isn't this being drawn up? And if it's being drawn up and he's not doing it, then why isn't this being criti- out, out loud talked about? Being like, listen, Doc drew up a play in the huddle and it was it was Ben to drive in the lane. He didn't drive in the lane. I mean, it's simple. It's simple. It's, it's coach, tell his player, this is what we want to do. We need you to do it. And then all he has to do is go do it. So I mean seriously, I I'm I'm lost. I really am. I I mean it, it's 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 simple things. 
And from a if we're getting into Ben Simmons now, how do you how are you playing basketball? And in your mind, I understand you have a crowd that looks down at you, and you're like, you hear people say, "Hey, it's and it's chipping away at your confidence." Because basketball to shoot a to shoot a basketball, you need confidence. You can't just go out not know if you're gonna make it shootings and with and in front of people and be like, "Oh shit!" Like you're that, like I'm gonna make these. It's not no. And if anyone's ever seen Ogre shoot a basketball, it's literally it doesn't spin. It's it's like. People don't know how to shoot, and if they're in front of people, they're not going to shoot. But, again, this guy has coaches around him every day. This guy is playing basketball every day. He's It's been his thing his entire life. I don't understand how he shows up to a gym, and they run through a scrimmage, and he doesn't shoot, and we're like, hey, Ben, uh, you didn't shoot in that in that scrimmage. Why? You're a coach. You get paid to coach. What are you getting? What are you? We're paying the players to play. Is he just not listening to you? Is that then make it a problem? He's on his way out now anyway, and all you did was kill his value and his confidence because you you didn't tell him anything. Everyone just bashed him. It. You show up. You either have it and you're gonna play, or you don't. If you don't have it, it's on the coach's job. To get you in the right state of mind, to get you to excel where you can excel, like put you in a position to excel. I felt Doc just said he isn't doing anything. I'm just gonna put him on the block because I think that's his best spot. I don't know what else to do with him. Well, you 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 talked him up all year. You said it's not a problem. He's still making plays. We're winning games, and I agreed because it is winning games. But then when they start doubling your best player and they start having film and they play against you for two weeks straight and they see the same thing over and over, they are going to adjust. We didn't. And and Ben not taking that layup, I mean, again, it's strictly a confidence. He has no confidence. It, there, there's nothing else there. It, it's He lost his confidence and at the end of it, it's just... That's what it's going to boil down to. And if I'm a team and I'm looking at this, I know the Sixers are asking for a massive haul right now. I'm still taking it because under the right coach, someone's going to make it work. There's You don't find 6'11 guys who know how to play top-notch defense, run the floor as fast and as strong and pass as gift as you can because it's just you don't find it. And I've went back and I've watched the previous like series that he played in. If you go back his rookie year, when or what is considered his rookie year, but it's technically this, the year two, he plays the Miami Heat in the first round, and Joel Embiid's out, and he's doing it all. Like you're seeing the things that he didn't do. You watch him in the summer league; he's shooting jump shots. It's it's a mental thing. It's a coaching thing. There's something in the Sixers organization that they won't admit is killing shooters and unless someone comes in that's a, a guaranteed or locked in shooter like a Seth Curry because he's an eight year nine year vet who all who was born in a shooter's family they're killing rookies because they don't know how to train them to shoot Markel Fultz got a shoulder injury that no one has, has even figured out how it happened but I'm going to tell you right now my thought of how it happened is they were trying to change his form and it broke his shot 
Zaire Smith had like a heart condition, but then if you didn't notice, if you did see him in any of his clips, his jump shot changed. And it got worse. <laughs> and then now he's out of the NBA. He was another guy. Ben Simmons, he shoots the ball sideways. His left palm is sideways when he shoots the ball. That's spinning the wrong way. And it, it's not even how he came into the league with it. If you go watch, watch him in the summer league, you see it. It's a completely different jump shot. It's in the org. There's something in the organization they just won't admit, and no one's willing to go in and, and say, what the hell are you guys doing here? So, unfortunately, it's basically driven. I think Ben Simmons is, and I'm gonna. this is what I'm going to talk about next. I'm going to talk about the NBA draft finally and how this is probably going to play into we might see a Simmons deal tonight. And I got options. I think there's a bunch of options on the table. If it, if I was put in charge of the Sixers today, even though I know what the city's done to them, I wouldn't trade them. But if I if the it sounds like Embiid's future here kind of relies on it because he's supposed to be eligible for a supermax that hasn't been signed yet. And I don't know about you. I'm not ecstatic about paying a 28-year-old center $50 million in four years because centers don't usually go into their 30s. Hopefully, Embiid's a different case. <laughs> That's why I was okay with keeping a 25-year-old 6'10 guard with the, that type of talent. Because if Embiid folds or something happens or he gets injured, yeah. Where where are we where are we then? Alright. Let's let's get into what are we gonna do tonight? What should we do with Simmons? Any guys that maybe if a deal went down, I'm looking at. <clears throat> Alright, so we have what, pick twenty eight? That's not that's not sticking. If you Maury's making a trade. And I don't think it's the Ben. If it's not the Ben Simmons, at least it's pick twenty-eight. We're not picking a twenty-eight. I was gonna gamble off the cleanse. We ain't we ain't picking at twenty-eight. So if we make this Simmons deal tonight, because I think the draft kind of expedites trades. I I think it's basically saying someone's gonna see a player that might slip. Like last year, Halliburton slipped, and he got picked up. I think, what was it, two years ago? Or was was Denny Avdia this past year as well? He slipped a little bit, and he dropped, and then the Wizards took him. But Halliburton was like the known one that slipped, and the Kings took him. They're like, how the, how the hell did we get him? If someone slips, you got to go up and get him. Um, but with Simmons, there's like three teams, I think, that you, you target here. And depending on who we're giving up, that's where I stand with going up to get someone in the draft. So, I think the best course of action, obviously the the player everyone wants is Lillard. I think that's too much of a pro- I think like we have a really steep price, but so do the Blazers because you get rid of Dame Lillard, who basically has said he wants to win in Portland, but doesn't believe they have the team to win. That's not saying that he doesn't want to be in Portland, it just means... He, they need more. It's like the Aaron Rodgers situation. Aaron Rodgers would love to stay in Green Bay. Dame Lillard wants to stay in Portland, but are they doing the right things to get them the team? Like they've the Portland's been the same team for the past how many years? 
It's 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 Lillard McCollum as two top scorers. They have these guys down low that just aren't the talent that you need to win. And they're defensively terrible. And now they got a new coach in Chauncey Billups. So first of all, I don't see us trading Ben Simmons to Portland. If anything, we're if there's any ever going to be a deal for Lillard, it's gonna be three way. And the third team's taking Simmons, and that team is throwing everything to the the Blazers. So, because Chauncey Billups, I don't think, is sold on Ben Simmons. If you ever saw his pre-draft interview when Simmons came in, he didn't want Simmons. He wanted Ingram. He thinks Ingram was a way better prospect. So, I would take it. He's probably not going to want Simmons now when he has an all-star caliber point guard, an all-star caliber shooting guard, and basically... 3 and D guys and a big man that's just a double-double guy. I don't think he's going to come in and say, let's get Ben Simmons. So, I don't see him being traded to Portland. I think that the team that's going to facilitate any deal is Sacramento because I think that they're probably my favorite to think that they're going to get Ben Simmons. I think we want to trade him Western Conference. I don't think... I think the Miami shit is just bullshit. I think Toronto... Could be an option. I would not hate trading him to Toronto if you brought back two guards or if you somehow snagged pick four. That would be also be incredible. Um, but my ultimate play would be with the Wizards. And like I said, I think the most realistic thing would be a three-way deal where we would take Beal. I think the Canes would also be, the again, the facilitator. And you look at them giving up like a Halliburton or a Bagley and maybe a pick or two. And that's going basically to the Wizards because they would probably want to take a younger player at this point. And I don't think, I think the Kings are trying to look for a second piece with Fox. So I that's where I see, you know, your deal going down. So Sixers brain, a guy like Beal, let's say if Maxi was in the deal, I'm trying to trade up to get another a pick in the top 10. And if we did do that, like let's say we gave up Maxi, I really hope we don't. I think Maxi's actually going to be really good next year. I think I think Maury made a great pick last year when Maxi fell. We took him. I think he has a lot of talent. I think he does a lot of things great on the court. Um they obviously they say his defense is what's hurting him, but he improved and then also his offensive game. He can do all the things that you want to do. Like he can run a pick and roll. I just think Embiid's too slow to run a pick and roll. I just don't think that's really his his spot. Like he's not a, he's not an athletic role. Like you see what DeAndre Ayton can do or what like John Collins and Capella were doing. I don't think Embiid has that speed, so it's it's where you need like a slashing guard that's going to make their own shot. And I don't think so, I don't know if running a pick and roll with Maxi would be, and MB would be ideal, but getting maybe another big man to do that with would make it more sense. But if we gave up Maxi, I'm really hoping we keep Thibel. But if we gave up Maxi, I think that they would try to trade up to get Davion Mitchell, who I think would fit us very well. Even though, it, like I said, you don't want to bring in rookies, but. These guys still have talent. Like it, and, and when people say they can't be impact, they can be definitely be impact. A lot of rookies are coming in and being and doing things. Like, I mean, Tyler here was huge when the Heat won, and, and he was a rookie. And he was like their sixth man. Maxi basically turned into a, our sixth man in that Hawks series when he came in for like two games, and he was a start off the bench. Besides the Shake Milton one game, so 
I, I sh- if they're gonna make this deal, I think Maury's got the right standards. I think it's a really high, and I think it's just a selling point. But if we're giving up Maxi or Thibel, you got to make sure we get back in the top ten. And I'm looking at either Moses Moody, Davion Mitchell, or James Booknight. One of them. They're shooters, guys that can make plays, and someone that would fit in and beat offense because he needs shooters around him. I just don't want us to end up being like, 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 just you know, making a deal to make a deal. And I don't think Maury's going to do that. Like I saw the Cleveland one where it was like Sexton and maybe Kevin Love. Wouldn't be terrible, but that's not going to win you a championship. So I, I wouldn't just settle. If you're going to trade Simmons, go get. Make sure you're getting the right guy. Go get a Beal. I think I think Beal is our most realistic target to get. I don't think Portland was going to give up Lillard that easy. I don't think we can really make a decent deal for Levine. I think Beal is probably the most available one because I think they're selling and trying to get younger players. Oh man, just a lot of lot of options. I just I don't know. I just don't know what to what to make of it. It's Maury's call. If I'm him, I have I have I have my targets. You don't get any. Keep Simmons. Who gives a shit? You already saw the worst. But now let's try to get his value back up. He's still got shit to play for. He's not. If even if he comes out in the Sixers next year, I mean. I think he's gonna. It's gonna be a hardened situation where he's kind of gonna be playing to like say I want to leave, but he's not. He hasn't publicly demanded a trade. The only there's like I just I do see the tension. Like if you didn't see the birthday shit, he basically had a birthday party, and the only person on the Sixers who wished him happy birthday was I think it was was Shake publicly, but then the next day is Michael Rubin's birthday, and Embiid posted something for that, but not Ben. So I think in t- I think between Ben and Joel, there's definitely not it's definitely not what it was. So there's going to be a deal. I think it's going to be tonight, and I think the draft's telling you that it's going to be tonight. And if it's not, I can't have this drag in the football season. Football season's dedicated to me being on a couch, not worrying about the NBA. I don't give a shit about the NBA when the football's on. But then everything pivots when the NFL stops, and I focus on basketball. So, this better be uh, this just better be over tonight. Let me know who we got. Let me see it. Let me start thinking about it. I want Beal. Obviously, Lil would be ideal, but I think Beal's our realistic target. And we ain't picking at twenty eight. I said it once. I say it again. No shot. All right, we just eclipsed forty minutes. So, with that being said, this has been the NBA Draft Special with Geared. If you wanted the summary, I said that we ain't picking shit tonight. I do like Jalen Suggs. I think that that's my most liked player. Honestly, I didn't really talk about the NBA Draft a lot, did I? But, we're not in position to really pick anything. So, I don't know. what, what, I, what I, I'm not going to go out and say I like... Jalen Suggs, and we're going to make a blockbuster deal, so why am I even talk about it? I'm just giving you the Sixers take, how we incorporated with the NBA draft, what's going to happen tonight. I think we're, I think the Simmons deal is going to take priority tonight. That's your NBA draft. 
If we end up getting a top five pick, get me Jalen Suggs. If we don't, I'm going to take one of those three of Moody, Davion Mitchell, or Buchnight. I think they're, they're shooters and they fit us. That's your draft. Don't get me you know, Evan Mobley. Don't go down and get me one of these guys I don't, I've never heard of. Get me a shooter. Get me someone that's going to make us good next year. And get me an all-star. And don't pick at 28. We're not picking at 28. All right. Thanks for listening. If you want an update on Steamer Season 2, I don't have it. But you know what I do have? I'll announce it. I'm going to be doing a fantasy draft special for your football fantasy leagues. I'm looking to do that in the next two weeks. I'll go through a mock. Looking to do probably six to seven rounds. Talk about who's going to be good this year. Uh, not going to give my deep, deep sleeper because that's just going to piss off Cat and P. Um, and I'm going to win just about every league because I'm the best to ever do it. I mean, who is doubting me? All right. Peace.